What's going on guys? Second in short here. My name is Tyler Lauder. He is Aaron Ben and we are now back with a brand new episode, a brand new series, uh, something completely different. And we're going to be talking about some fantasy football advice from yours truly's here. Uh, but before we do that, let's dive into this Thursday night football game. Uh, last night we had a divisional game, AFC North. Both teams, Cincinnati Bengals and Cleveland Browns are 0-1 desperate for a bounce back uh, starting 0-2 is almost a death sentence in the NFL uh, in terms of making the playoffs and most times Thursday night football is a dud and people are don't enjoy it but last night's game was actually really good yeah I mean I had to I had to uh, stick with the replay I couldn't watch the game itself but it was a good game it wasn't like it wasn't as close as the score looks because the Bengals basically just scored in garbage time, but they did have a chance towards the end of the game to to make a comeback, but they just couldn't keep the Browns out of the end zone one last time. And I got to say, I was really impressed with Joe Burrow. And I mean, he's a rookie playing in a second career start, and he threw 61 passes. I mean, that's insane. Not only that, but he... I mean, his average was low because he... I mean, he threw for 316 yards, which is a lot. But if you're throwing 60 times, uh, you'd want a little bit more yards to bring the average up. But what stood out to me is that he did not throw any interceptions last night, which is, I mean, a rookie in the second game throwing the ball 60 times and he doesn't throw an interception. That's crazy to me. I'm, I, th- this is exactly what was supposed to happen. And Joe Burrow is supposed to come out and he's supposed to, you know, uh, play lights out. If the Cincinnati Bengals had any type of offensive line, then we wouldn't even be sitting here thinking that like this team is in trouble or like they're own two, like they should be better. Like they're not going to be able to win games if this offensive line can't protect Burrow. And the fact that he's back there throwing it 61 times with that type of line uh, just shows the trust that they have in him already. Um, any other, what, what about from the, what about from the, Brown side. What did you see in that game that really stood out to you, or something you see that is uh, needs to be fixed if they want to keep winning? I think first of all, Baker played a little bit better. It still, threw had kind of a bad interception that he threw. It, but what really impressed me by the Browns, and I'm sorry that we're not talking about defense at all, but their running game is crazy. Nick Chubb had 124 yards, 5.6 yards per carry. Kareem Hunt, who's supposed to be a backup, had 86 yards with, at 8.6 yards per game. They had three touchdowns between the two of them. I mean, that, that backfield is one of the better running back uh, position groups in the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think these running backs, are, are they, this is the key to victory. Like, what, what, we were talking about this on our studs and duds, pretty much like our ups and downs, you know, on Monday. Um, which if you guys want to see what we think about the teams that outplayed their ranking in our personal minds or downplayed their ranking, uh, you can check out that video here. The link is right above. But what we kind of said to summarize the Browns in our, in our negative side of this was they were doing so well running the ball. They were outrunning the, the Ravens, but they just stopped running the ball. And here, granted, yes, they have the lead, so they can run the ball more, but it just shows how more dynamic they can be and how much pressure they take off a of Baker by running. Now, let's dive into some fantasy football. That's what everybody's here for, or at least the seven of you that really want to hear fantasy football from us. 
Um, but this is how we're going to do this. We're going to tell you guys a player that we think you guys should be starting at all levels. Uh, we're just going to do basic PPR league is what we're going to go with. Uh, we might even throw in a hint, a little dynasty, you know, insight here and there. But really, this is going to be for your standard leagues. And then we're going to talk about some guys that you should avoid. Who do you got for us? One player that really interested me, and this is kind of like a big kind of sleeper, like not real well-known player. It was Paris Campbell. He's a second-year wide receiver for the Colts. Didn't do a whole lot last year, but he seems to have good chemistry with Phillip Rivers this year. In the first game, he caught six passes for 71 yards, led the team in receiving. And also had some yards on a reverse run play. And he seems to have good chemistry with Phillip Rivers. He's got really good speed. He's good in the open field. I think... It, I think he has a good chance to come out and kind of surprise people, especially if T.Y. Hilton is getting covered and isn't able to get as many targets as he used to in the past. Or Paris Campbell going forward. But also in the next game, they play Minnesota. Minnesota's got a couple young play like uh, Minnesota's got a couple younger cornerbacks. Maybe he can get some good catches the next week. Yeah, and here's the most important thing about Paris Campbell, and this is why I like this addition here, is that he is only, if we're just going off of ESPN, this is where I feel like most people play. I get it. A lot of people love the new Sleeper app that's been out and everything, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of different places to play. But if you play on ESPN, he's only rostered in, like, 46% of leagues, which means more than likely there's a coin flip chance that he's available in your league. He should be rostered going forward. T.Y. Hilton he looks old. He looks like he's, he doesn't look the same player. Granted, it could just be chemistry with the new quarterback, but we, then we have uh, Michael Pittman Jr., who they just drafted here in the second round. He doesn't look nearly as ready. So Paris Campbell is a guy that last year everybody was hyping up as a rookie coming out that is going to be this dominant, dynamic playmaker. And I think he's finding his stride early in the season. And what we know about Phillip Rivers is that if Phillip Rivers see somebody doing well, he will feed them over and over and over. He won't stop feeding them. Yeah, I think if they really can kind of get rolling even more, it's going to be a great connection for this year. And that actually is going to lead into the next player we're going to talk about. And the quarterback, that's Phillip Rivers. Uh, that's, that's my guy of the week that I think you guys should be playing. This Minnesota Vikings defense is not the same. They're not being able to get pressure on the quarterback. Uh, granted, we could say it was Aaron Rodgers, but, I mean, look at his receiving options. What did everybody bash all offseason? Packers have no wide receivers outside of Adams, and yet all these receivers look great against the Minnesota defense. And so Phillip Rivers is my quarterback of the week. The reason why, like I said, though, besides the Vikings playing so poorly, but, I mean, Aaron Rodgers went 32 for 44, 364 yards and four touchdowns, an effortless like performance, it seemed. Yeah, I mean, he feasted on the, on the Vikings cornerbacks. Uh, and it, 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 I think that it's going to take a while. I don't think they're bad. I think it's going to take a while for them to get up to speed and uh, kind of get back into the Minnesota defense that we've seen the last few years. And I, I get it. Like, some people are going to be sitting here and going, like, well, Phillip Rivers only finished his QB 22 last week. You know, he only scored, like, 15 points. But here's the thing. That Jags defense played a lot better than we gave them credit for. And I honestly think Minnesota's defense is going to allow people to throw on them all year. 
Now, why would you start Phillip Rivers? I mean, I don't know. Maybe you have Cam Newton as your starting quarterback, and they're going to go into Seattle. Maybe you have Deshaun Watson, and now they have to play against Baltimore. And these are a little bit of risks that you don't want to take in the next you know, week two. Maybe you're 0-1, and you, you can't afford to go 0-2. Phillip Rivers, based on ESPN, is only rostered in like 17.5% of leagues. He's barely on any teams. So while last week he didn't do amazing, I think he has a great chance this week to outperform his performance last week, as well as have some huge upsides going forward in the season, as he's one of those guys that will just sling it. Like he's going he's gonna to throw the ball 40 plus times almost every game potentially. Yeah, I think he can, if he can keep the turnovers to a minimum, I think he'll be a good option to play this week. All right, next position, running backs. A player that I that surprised me last week and that I think is a good option to pick up this week is Adrian Peterson for the Detroit Lions, which is crazy to say, to be honest. Um, going up against the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay, first of all, Adrian Peterson last week carried the ball just 14 times after being signed a couple days before the game. <laughs> carried the ball for 14 times. Almost 100 yards, 6.6 yards per average. I mean, he, it looks like this, he's not slowing down anytime soon, which is crazy to me. He's been, been in the league since, when was it? When did he get drafted? 2006, 2007? 2007? Yeah. So, I mean, he's been in the league for so long, still got a, his motor going. And then going up against the Green Bay defense, they gave up kind of a lot of pass, They gave up a lot of yards. To Kirk Cousins and that Minnesota offense, they they gave up combined 134 yards rushing to the Vikings. Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison both had 50 yards, gave up like a 6.1 yards for uh, 6.1 yards per carry. It looks like a solid matchup for Adrian Peterson, and he's probably someone that's going to be available. And I'd, I'd have to imagine he's available in most leagues at this point. Yeah, and I agree. And I think the biggest thing that we have to look from this tier is that not only did he get 14 carries, and he was averaging great than that, um, he did show burst. He had like a, a yard of like a run of like 21 yards, showing that he still has that long playability. He had three three receptions, so showing that Stafford will use him in in the receiving game. We also have to remember DeAndre Swift last week dropped a game winning touchdown, which is not going to play him any favors when it comes back to Stafford looking his way. Um. For for me, I, I like this. He's only rostered in about 42% of leagues, so he's more than likely available. You could go out there and try and trade for him if, he, if he's on a roster, and he won't cost you anything. I think even in Dynasty Leagues, I think this is a guy for one year that you could legitimately put on your roster, and you can have him for the bye weeks or any time that there's a good matchup and just play the matchups with him as like your flex running back. No, the, the Detroit Lions, here's the thing. We have to we have to know and we have to understand and we have to we can't sugarcoat this. They are not an excellent football team. Not at all. However, they show these bursts of excellence where they can score on their first two or three drives right away, or they just move the ball and they get, you know, sixty yards on a drive all the time. I think that factor and the fact that a lot of times they are they are nonstop moving. I, I know that sounds weird because a lot of teams are going to try and come back, but you kind of watch these games where teams are down like 21 points and you're like, oh man, they're just, they're done. They're checking it in. I never see that with the Lions. So I expect Adrian Peterson, who is literally just trying to show that he is still as good as he's ever been, 
every week and he's gonna ball out for you and i think the fact that he's barely owned is a huge key factor on why you should put him on your team for this week now let's talk about the last position here tight end for me this is somebody that i love to talk about because he played here in south dakota and that's dallas goddard dallas goddard last week was insane um obviously carson wentz likes this guy uh, he had eight receptions 101 yards uh, he had a touchdown and he had nine targets he so he pretty much hauled in all of his targets now i know what everybody's gonna say hold up a second zach Ertz, literally washington just put a game plan in to keep him in check and i say you're probably right maybe it was just a game plan maybe this isn't going to be an every week thing however what's not to stop other teams from trying to put zach Ertz in check again and now here's the issue well they just saw what happens when they do in my eyes Philly can support two tight ends. With how banged up they always are at receiver, I think both Ertz and Goddard can honestly be top 12 tight ends every week. The, don't forget that Ertz also had a touchdown last week. So they had two touchdowns to their tight ends. It looks like Philly's going to keep trying to get their tight ends involved as much as possible. And I think Dallas Goddard's a great pick for this coming week. Now, granted, more than likely, he's already been picked up in your league. That's a given, probably. Uh, he went up by 43% this past week. So I'm just going to give another name just in case. That's Logan Thomas for the Washington football team or the football team or whatever I'm not supposed to say, you Washington fans that were ripping me. Um, but yeah, for, for the WFTs, he is a, he's, a, he's a good option that Dwayne Haskins seems to like. He, last week, Received eight targets. Uh, he only had four catches for 37 yards and a touchdown. However, I do believe that Washington more than likely is going to be playing from behind in every game as they were this past week. And I would not be surprised if he is targeted six, seven, eight times every week. Uh, we got to remember the Arizona Cardinals last year gave up the most points to any to tight ends all year. And granted, they could have fixed that. I mean, they brought in some linebackers and some defensive back help, but... That's another option there. Just in case you've already missed out on Goddard, Logan Thomas is only rostered in 8% of leagues. Yes, I mean, you, you got a good chance of getting either of those players. And if you already have them, start them. Exactly. Now, let's talk about two, three, I don't know, however many you talk about. Let's talk about some players that you just got to stay away from this week. No matter how good they are, you just got to just avoid it, man. Just avoid it. Who do you got for us? One player I'm kind of down on. I'm starting at uh, the quarterback position, uh, and it's gonna. You might be surprised a bit. Uh, is a Drew Lock, uh, because I've been so high on him all offseason. Even last week, I think he played really well against the Titans. Uh, but this week, young quarterback going up against Pittsburgh, one of the best defenses in the league. I think it's gonna. He's gonna have a tougher time. Uh, got some young wide receivers who may have trouble getting open. We don't know what Cortland Sutton's uh, status is. I think I'm not taking the risk. I'm not starting Drew Locke this week. Yeah, and I, I think that's very fair. I think with Pittsburgh, is such a, they're such a, an interesting team because we look at this team a lot and we think they're so, they're so good on offense at times. They always have these playmakers no matter, no matter what year it is. There's always playmakers there. And the defense, sometimes, at least in the past like five, six years, has been like a who's who of defenders, yet all these guys are constantly 
constantly holding it together. It's just a chemistry thing. Keith Butler clearly knows what he's doing with that Pittsburgh defense. And I think that defense is going to surprise a lot of people this year. I agree. Leave Drew, leave Drew Locke at home. I, I mean, he's going to be one of those guys that you're, you're going to want to try and play every week if you're a Broncos fans. But we're just telling you right now, stay away from it. You know what? I'm going to stay exactly in the same game as you. And I'm going to try and avoid Juju Smith-Schuster this week. There's been reports of him having some type of injury. And it's been a, well, what is the injury? And there's not a lot of clarity to it. At least not enough of clarity for me. Um, personally, I would like to look elsewhere for receiver. More than likely, he's your third option anyways. I know a lot of receivers are banged up this week. But for me personally, with how good Denver's defensive backs are... I would like to just kind of stay away from that matchup just because it's too risky for me. Um, Big Ben is one of those guys that can distribute the ball to anybody. I mean, we're seeing talks of Jalen Samuels getting more snaps at running back, plus they have James Conner, Deontay Johnson. I mean, even Chase Claypool, the rookie, was getting some touches. And then we also still have James Washington there. So for me, I think that the Steelers can afford to not shove it down Juju's throat and to spread the ball around elsewhere. It just seems too risky for me this week. I agree. And uh, like one player you mentioned just now, Claypool, I think he's going to, as time goes on, I think he's going to emerge as a bigger and bigger target on the Steelers. I think he's going to get a lot of, a lot of red zone looks throughout the year. And, and so I think Juju is not going to be as big a factor going forward as he was a couple of years ago. Yeah, if, if you're one of those guys that's holding on to Juju right now, um, a good option for you, just as like a kind of a week one little replacement if you need to, um, somebody like Mike Williams, who clearly Tyrod Taylor likes down in, down in uh, Los Angeles. Um, but realistically, that's just kind of who I would stay away from. And then I just want to round back this out before we finish this episode. And that was, I mentioned Deshaun Watson. Uh, Deshaun Watson, you know, still had a decent performance against the Chiefs last week. However, the Baltimore Ravens are a different breed. They're a different force. Would you start Deshaun Watson if you have him at quarterback? It would depend who I have at QB2, but I, I'm leaning towards no because the Ravens' defense looks as scary as ever, probably even better than last year. And Deshaun Watson, with the problems with his wide receivers there and, uh, and everything going on, I would stay away from starting him, uh, especially with how they looked week one against the Chiefs. And my biggest thing here too is, is when you look at, when you look at what they did against the Cleveland Browns last week, they held the Browns to 168 yards passing last week. Um, They got, they got two sacks on the quarterback as well. And Baker, while he is mobile, he's not as mobile as Watson. And I'm going to say right now that the Browns offensive line is a little bit better than I would say the Texans offensive line. I think that's a fair statement. And I do think that if you're going to, if you're going to use anybody from the Texans game, I would honestly use David Johnson. Um, That's where I would go. I would stay away from any pass option game outside of their running back because the Ravens, that is their one weak point right there is they do allow rushing yards. They do allow guys to do whatever they want inside or outside. But when it comes to passing, uh, they're as close to lockdown city as any other team in the league this year. Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, David Johnson looked promising week one. So if anyone from that team, that's who I would go with as well. 
And that is going to do it for us here on Second and Short Fantasy Edition. This is your week two fantasy starts and sits and sleepers and everything that we want to talk about fantasy-wise. Uh, if you guys like our content, please leave us a like down below. It's literally one little thumbs up. It takes one click. It's free. It's the cheapest way to support our podcast. If you are listening on other podcast stations such as Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all the others, leave us a review. Give us five stars. The more support we get from you guys, the more content we're going to put out. Uh, and we just like we just like seeing what you guys think out there. Also, down below in the comments, let us know your guys' fantasy starts of the week. Let us know who you actually got to take advantage of that left these players on the free agency and that you got to pick them up. And if you have some advice as well, go ahead and drop it down below. Who do you think is going to have a bad week that people are going to start and they should not start? And if you guys want to check us out on any other social media platform, you can check us out on... On Facebook, we've been posting every single episode that comes out, as well as uh, as well as Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, we get we always try to get uh, polls going, try to get your guys' opinion. Instagram, we have not only our posts, but we also have discussion points. So we update our story as much as possible, uh, news flashes, things like that. And then feel free to send us a message wherever you want, whichever platform, whatever time of day. And thank you guys for tuning on in today for Fantasy Friday. You guys have a great night.